Hey everybody, welcome to another discussion episode of Flip Switch Bipolar and Depression Connection brought to you by the Chavna Lesson Bipolar Foundation, C-A-B-F. That's www.bpkids.org online. If you want to get in touch with us, that's flipswitch at bpkids.org. We love to have comments, we love to have emails. And with me are our two precious co-hosts. It is Chrissy and Amy Lynn. Amy Lynn, it's been a while. Yep. We've missed you. But you are the exact person who needs to be here today because what we're discussing this week is mood stabilizers. Last week we had this discussion, which Christy was involved in, on the conspiracy, do drugs really work, it's going to rot your brain, make your brain melt, blah, blah, blah. And Christy, what was our overall decision on that? Listen to your doctor. Do what your doctor says. Because, A, if you don't trust your doctor, get a new doctor and then follow what your doctor says. So, do what your doctor says or get a new doctor, then do what your doctor says. Why? They, they've been to school longer than you and usually longer than the quacks you read on the internet. So, this week what I thought we would do is talk about the more practical side of medication. Now, Amy Lynn, you actually have revealed that you are living with bipolar 2 disorder, for which you take what medications? Lamictal and sertraline. You, you take two medications? Yes. So Usually, a lot of times, they take a combination of three, they call it a cocktail, but you only take two. So Lamictal, which is? A mood stabilizer. And sertraline, which is? Antidepressant. Right. The sertraline is, is that Zoloft, technically? I believe so. Right. And you've been on medication for a while. Is that the first combination you've tried? No. What was the first one you tried? The first one was Lamictal and Pristique. The second one was Lamictal and Abilify. And then the third one was Lamictal and Sertraline. Now, how does it feel to have to switch the medications early on? What was that like? That sort of sucked. Why? Because it's annoying that you're putting in the effort to try... Like, I was... In the beginning, I wasn't for medication, so I'm putting in the effort to try this, and it wasn't working, right. which was really annoying. And just some of the side effects that I was getting from the ones... Like, I went off both Pristique and Abilify, not because they weren't working, but because I was getting side effects that I didn't want to deal with. Now, see, that's one of the first practical things we need to talk about is side effects. One of the big side effects for especially antipsychotic, one of the big side effects is often weight gain. And that's true even for most stabilizers to some extent. Now, tell me what college-age woman wants to know that she might gain 20 to 40 pounds? Actually, I knew that. And I knew that I'd have a problem with that. So right off the bat, I told my psychiatrist that I felt that if I was put on one that would gain weight, that would only give me more problems. Now, um, tell me why that is. Because I don't have the highest self-esteem, and I felt like I would feel even more out of control of the situation if I was forced to gain weight. And I would be less likely to actually take the medication. Let's say, Chrissy, you have now experienced something where you almost went to the hospital. 
you didn't go, but you almost went, and now they tell you you may need to be on medication, but it'll make you gain between 20 and 40 pounds. What would you say? I have no idea what I would do. I think I Now, would... last week, we discovered that you didn't even follow your doctor's orders but taking a rash cream. I mean, if I was told that I was going to take medicine that would make me gain weight, I would be very opposed to it. But I mean, on the other side, you may end up in the hospital the other way. I mean, it's a very tricky situation. <laughs> yeah. Since I am not dealing with it, I would say, yeah, I would take the medicine because I don't want to go to the hospital. But I feel like if I was actually dealing with the situation, right. it would be a different case. But now, Amy Lynn, you're on the lower end of the bipolar spectrum. So you're not really in a situation where you'll end up in a hospital, likely. Yeah, I've never been close to that. You haven't been hospitalized yet? No. Knock on wood, we'll never be hospitalized. But specifically, there was something that may, quote, work for you, but it has an issue that is called weight gain. Well, no, I told her right off the bat that going on something that would cause me weight gain would create more problems. Right. So we needed to find one that would not create weight gain. Right. So both of the ones I'm on right now have not created that issue, and that was a big did that, requirement for Did that happen good. early on with any of the others? No. Prestige, I went off that because it made me even more extremely depressed to the point where there were suicidal thoughts. And then Abilify, first off, it made me really sick where I got really bad headaches and I would be completely exhausted. I was on it for three days and I that was it. I could not function. I was so tired. And that's that's a common side effect. Where it's some, and it, it it's interesting. It's not necessarily any given one. It's just some tend to zap people. Depends on your body chemistry and stuff. Yeah, I couldn't even do my schoolwork, and so right away I said this needs to change. Okay. Are there any other side effects that you're worried about? Not really. Those are the only ones that I experienced, and so far. Knock on wood, I haven't experienced any bad side effects with what I'm on now. In the beginning with Lamictal, at least I'm pretty sure it was the Lamictal that caused this, I would have really vivid dreams that, depending on the topic, weren't always good because I would wake up and have to spend 15 minutes trying to figure out if it really happened or not. And I couldn't. It was so real. And so I switched it from night to morning. Right. And then once it started making me tired, I switched back to night, and I haven't had the same problem yet. Right. So, again, we're talking about the practicality of things like you actually will have to deal with and you hear people who take medication always talk about. Chrissy, you don't take any major medications for anything currently. No. What do you think you would have to think about and deal with if you were taking any kind of medication continually? Which, interestingly, as you get older, will probably happen. It might not be for uh, any kind of psychiatric disorder, but most people are on some kind of blood thinner or... A heart medication, something like that. Well, when I was younger, well, I still do. I have really bad allergies. Right. And when I was younger, I used to take allergy medicine right. every day. And the main thing that was hard for me, really with any medication for me, is just taking it. It's kind of a pain to remember doing it every single day. And I think that would be the hardest thing for me if it didn't like affect me. Like, what, what was it that was so hard about taking a pill? I don't know. I would forget to do it, and then I would remember. And I think Ryan said this last week about his vitamins, and then you'd remember while he was at the grocery store or something. Right. 
and wouldn't be near them. And then when he got back, you forget about him again. Same thing would happen to me. It would just happen one day, and then it was kind of a downward spiraling effect. Did you ever suffer for it? Not that bad. My allergies are mainly bad when I'm around animals, which is not that often. Right. But then when I was around animals and it was affecting me, I would take a Zyrtec every single morning and every single evening. Right. So to some extent, a lot of people will do that because they get away with it. You never hear of a person who, or you rarely hear of a person who has asthma choosing to do that because they're like, I can't breathe. I'm going to have to breathe now. So they will always take their medication. Usually. Have you had that issue where you've uh, forgotten to take medication, Amelia? Well, yeah. I would forget or I'd be in bed and then I'd remember. And I really wouldn't want to get out of bed to go and take it. Or sometimes when I take it, A, it tastes really nasty. And B, sometimes it would make my stomach hurt. Right. So I sort of just choose to forget to take it. Okay. And the way that I've tried to take it more often is I'll keep a chart of what days I do take it, how my mood is, how many hours I sleep. Right. And if I write all that down, I tend to be more conscious of it. I've also, I haven't done this yet, but I've been recommended to get one of those old people pill boxes that say Monday through Sunday or whatever. See, interesting. I know exactly what you think about it already because you called it an old people (laughs) pill box. Yeah, I haven't really picked up on that yet, but if I put that in it every day that I know and can remember, or I'll just remember the next morning, which I don't want to take it then because I take it at night, and if you skip a dose, you don't want to totally screw up the schedule. Uh, this is a very big problem. People just literally forgetting to take their medication. Doctors call it non-compliance. And there's a billion reasons why people non-comply. But non-compliance means I simply fail to comply with my doctor's prescription. Uh, it could be I don't like the medication. It could be I just am a forgetful person, whatever. But one thing that's positive is it sounds like you're actually coming up with methods to try to fix it. That's very good. Excellent. Do you have to take your medicine at the same time every day? Well, I don't have to take it at the same like exact time, but I normally try and take it before I go to bed within a three, four hour range, just so that I'm not taking like in the morning and then the next day taking it at night and things like that. How do you feel when people find out that you're taking medication? They don't. I have a single room and it's in my drawer and nobody really... You I never tell your friends or anything? I think like a few of my friends friends know, but they're the people who really, they're close enough friends where they don't really care. Right. It's no big So you don't, so after they get a certain amount of close, you don't care anymore? Well, yeah. They they don't care. You know, I have friends who are on birth control just to regulate their cycle. Right. Or because that helps them with cramps. Right. To me, it's sort of the same. It's just your thing. Whoop-dee-doo. Right. I don't know very much about medication at all. Does it change your mood in a negative way ever does it make you like experience things differently well sometimes i did feel like i know one time i was starting to go into hypomania and i really didn't want to take it because i knew that taking it would probably take me down a little bit to more of a normal level oh see this is a good one this is a practical issue a lot of people like hypomania yeah at that point i really didn't want to take it so I would like take it but I'd also take it with an energy drink like a quarter of a can because then I knew that I'm taking it 
but I still have the energy, and so I do that less and less so that I slowly went back down to a more normal level rather than just quickly changing that, I guess. How do you deal with that? I mean, that's a big issue. A lot of people like being in the mania because it feels good for a while. I think the one thing that gets me to actually take it is I meet with... Luckily, I see a psychiatrist with the school who's actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I see her once a week for the most part. Mm -hmm. And... I show her, when I do keep that chart, I show it to her. Mm -hmm. So I sort of feel like I really don't want to go in there and just show her the chart that says I only took it three times that week. Because <laughs> then I feel really uh, stupid. We talked about this last week with the personal improvement projects. If you're uh, accountable to someone If else. you're accountable to somebody, it makes you kind of do something more. And yet, that's why people don't tell other people as well. They don't want to be bothered. Nagged all the time. Yeah. Well, I guess you... What accepted that it was part of it? Of taking it? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say, look, I don't want to do this, psychiatrist, so I'm not going to keep this chart. Well, keeping the chart sort of makes me do it more often. Right. Unless I just really get to the point where I just don't care. Right. But for the most part, I understand, you know, she we talk and she tells me about, you know, why I should take it and, okay, well, you only took it four times this week. What is our goal going to be for next week? And sometimes it's not even the medication. It's my sleep is horrible. I want to work on that. And she goes, right. okay. And so the medication isn't the focus, but I know if I can improve that, right. I'm doing a little bit better. And I don't feel as stupid when I go in there and show her the chart saying I've slept four hours a night and took it twice a week. Okay. I think because I like her and because I respect her, I'm less likely to be, no, I don't care what you're saying. Right. Whereas if I had someone who I really didn't like and really didn't give it two cents about, I probably would be like, whatever. So Another one of the practical issues of bipolar disorder specifically, because you hear this a lot, this is a very standard way it often goes, especially on the more severe end, is somebody will be doing horrible in their life, everything's out of whack, and then they'll go on medication, they'll start doing a lot better, and... About a year into it, two years, they start going, you know, I'm doing well. I don't know if I need this medication anymore. And Or they'll say, I'm not sure if I ever had bipolar disorder because uh, I'm doing great now. I think it's this is silly. And they stop taking their medication and then right down the tubes. My question is, how do you keep from falling into that trap of just saying, Almost like you you take on this, I don't need anything anymore. Not even medication, just any kind of thing. Well, I'm not, like, I haven't hit that mark yet, so I can't. But you have hit that mark, because you've told me you've hit that mark. Of that I've just stopped taking it? Not just, no, that you've said, sometimes you just say, screw it, and you'll get angry. and. But that, But that's not at all because I think that... I never had it in the first place, or that I'm doing perfectly fine and that I'll do just fine off it. Right. It's a more of a matter of I get really just stressed out and irritated with people, and I feel like I have to deal with my boss, or I have to deal with this, and I'm tired of people telling me what to do. And so I just say, screw this, I'm doing my own thing. I need my independence. And so I. I need to just be me for a few days. I need me, and I don't 
don't want to take it. I know I should take it. Either I'm not sleeping, and so I'm not going to take it at four in the morning because then I feel like I'm more into the morning than I am at night, or I just I don't want it. Right. So you basically cut off your nose to spite your face. I don't know if I'd put it at that because normally it'll. Push I bet me. you wouldn't put it like that. It'll push me I'm to sure hy- you won't put it like that. It, it'll put me into hypomania, and I'm fine for a few days, and then. I start to get stressed out as my thoughts tend to go a little crazy, and then I kick myself and start taking it again. Right. And going back to talking about friends knowing, yeah. I have to say the probably the hardest or the most awkward moment for me where I really had to think on my feet is when my sister saw me taking it, who's 13, Right. because... I would keep it in my room right. and try to take it before I go to bed. And she was sleeping in my room one night. And right. she saw me taking it. And she's like, what is that? Why are you taking it? And I wasn't really sure what to say. Because she doesn't really know. And my parents, we make fun of the commercials of the medication. When they have, oh, this is, especially the Zoloft commercial. Where it's the little smiley faces or sad faces that roll around and basically say, we'll make you happy, but you may have these other 20 side effects. So I didn't really want to tell her because automatically, like I tried to somewhat explain to her that it's medicine that helps me. I didn't really give a lot of information. Do you think she would have understood if you had told her? I'm not sure because she also did ask, why do you take that stuff? She actually said something along the lines of, doesn't that kill you? Doesn't That's so I, interesting. I go, would you, would you take you know any of that stuff if it made you feel better? She goes, no, because doesn't it doesn't make you really sick? You right. know, and you'll get get all these other things like restless leg syndrome, and it it can paralyze you. Right. And so, see, this is this is so interesting. For a long time, I have contended that there's just this huge anti-medication, anti-psychiatry ethos running through society. And it's interesting because even a 13-year-old's picking up on it in some way. Like, I actually had to explain to her those side effects are really rare, but they have to warn you about them anyways. So, like, I've never really specifically told her what it's for, just that it makes me feel better and helps with my sleeping schedule. (laughs) So do you think maybe she's too young to understand? I feel like there's still that stigma, and I don't know how I feel about my sister knowing. When it comes to a bipolar disorder specifically, well, any any kind of mood disorder, the number one thing that helps people pass just regular treatment is family. And we use what's called the, the Athesis Stress Model, which is a big fancy way of saying part of you is biologically kind of inclined to do something wacky. And your environment, depending on how it responds to you, can make it better or worse. So if your family starts acting kind of like a bunch of knuckleheads towards you, well, that's going to make things probably worse. Do you think 13 is a little too young? I don't know. It's a judgment call. It would certainly be hard, but it could be done, I guess. I've informed her of what it is because she has listened to some of the earlier podcasts. But I haven't specifically told her that that's something that I deal with. My parents, know, haven't always been fully believable in it or gung-ho about it. Right. I think they did realize once I was taking some of the stuff that I did change right. and they saw an improvement. That sort of helped, but 
before that, I think my parents, when I was first trying to figure out what was going on, thought I was a little wacko. Right. You had said previously they're not inclined to believe most of the psych stuff anyway, right? Probably. Okay. Well, one of the last practical things we have to talk about is a lot of people are so afraid of being a slave to their medication. Um, it is kind of a preoccupation. Uh, and this is true not just with any psych meds, but any kind of medication. Uh, again, it goes back to the heart of non-compliance. People don't take their medication because they just they want to be free. They want to whatever. And especially when you talk about bipolar disorder where potentially you could be on medication for the rest of your life. And that's true of a lot of psych meds. You could be on this for the rest of your life. You not necessarily will, but it's a possibility. How is anybody supposed to deal with that? I think at first, if someone says you have to take this for the rest of your life, again, being an outside party, not actually knowing how I would feel if someone told me that, I'd be like, okay, if I'm like serious, if there's going to something, something seriously wrong is going to happen to me, if I don't take the medication, then I'll take it. But even after a few years, especially if you're not seeing any like major difference or there's not anything like immediately like affecting you negatively, you're just going to be like, well, whatever. I, I don't think I really need to be doing this. Do your parents take any medications? Uh, yes. My mom does. She takes, like, hormone medications, I think. She had a hysterectomy. Right. Um, well, and she takes her medication every single... Because it really does affect her a lot. But the classic one I'm thinking of is um, blood thinners. Uh, you don't realize that you need them. Or a lot of heart medications before you have major heart problems, when it's building up, you don't see any side effect at all or, or benefit at all. All you see is just that somebody's telling you you got to take this medication, and so you take it. And they tell you all these side effects. And they tell you roughly, because of the nature of the progression of heart disease and all this, you'll have to take it for the rest of your life. Or something like it for the rest of your life. And that is just the way it is. And in this case, if you avoid what they're saying, you'll die. Or you'll be more likely to die earlier. I think I'd be more likely to take it if it was a yummy chewable rather than a pill. A yummy chewable. <laughs> right. Welcome to science, yummy chewable. Yummy chewable. So... Do you take your medication all the time? No. Why not? Because I just don't want to. You just don't want to. But you're a very real example. That's the whole point. Yeah. What did we talk about? Non-compliance? Why don't people do what their doctors say? Why don't you do what your doctor says? Because sometimes I just get to want my... Not at her, but just at general people. And I just want to do my own thing, which includes not taking it. And sometimes I just want to go to bed and I don't want to worry about getting the water from the water fountain and taking it and having it make my stomach hurt so then I have to like eat some things to settle my stomach. And Do you think you've figured out a way to skirt it? What, to not take it? Like some people say, it's almost like sleeping, where they go, look, I know my sleep schedule is not the greatest, but I've learned that I can get a night here or there where it's not that good, as long as most of it's pretty good. I don't think so. Like, I know I should be taking it. It's not a matter of me justifying not taking it. Like, 
oh, one day won't matter, or oh, it'll be okay. Like, I don't justify it. I should take it. I know I should take it. Apparently just, not. <laughs> no, I know I should take it. But just because I know that, I'm not acting on it all the time. I get so do mad, you really know I just it? don't want to take it. Oh, yeah, I know it. I know it helps. I know I should take it. I know that's what my doctor says. But I just don't always really want to. So you're kicking yourself on purpose? I just don't want to. Like, I can... <laughs> I was just going to say I can survive a day or two without it. I guess is making the excuse. But that's not my initial thought. That's not, oh, I don't need to take it because I can survive without it. It's a matter of, I really don't want to. It's not going to cause me a big problem. Interesting place to end on. Chrissy, you're coming to this kind of with fresh ears, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> what is your thoughts on the whole gamut of stuff we've talked about? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I can tell you right now just from talking about it. It's it's something that seems like it should be so obvious and easy to do. Take your medicine every day. Get a glass of water, take your medicine before you go to bed, like done. But knowing from personal experience, not even being able to take my allergy medicine and listening to Amy Lynn talk, clearly there's a lot more to it. And it's a hard thing to grasp. It's hard to understand why won't people take their medicine. Really, why? It's not... And again, to go back to the whole point of the show, you know, the stuff we talk about is pretty firmly based in a lot of decent research. So we know if you don't isolate yourself, less likely to be depressed. We know if you get good sleep, less likely to be depressed. We know if you take your medication, less likely to be depressed. We know if you live a more structured, scheduled life, less likely to be depressed. Yet people aren't doing that or they're finding reasons not to. So it's to some extent, it's like, you don't believe in science? What's going on? So Amy Lynn saying, I know I should take it, but I just don't. And, and not that that's, well, that is wrong, but I think that's very normal and very real, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of what we're trying to hammer on through the whole show. And that's where we'll leave it. Make your comments about why you think people don't do what they should do. And what are some of the practical implications of taking medication? Flip switch at ppkids.org. Amy Lynn, you have the final word. The end. <laughs> <laughs>